And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today's show, we are talking about the Super Bowl. That is one of the most exciting events of the year. We are also, too, going to be having what I would say my rant of the day. We're going to be talking about the comeback player of the year. And then we're also going to be talking about my Washington Commanders and their wonderful hire in Dan Campbell. Before we actually jump into the content, let me first and foremost thank the fans out there for actually going ahead and checking out the content right there. We definitely appreciate you guys going ahead and chiving in. This helps drive content to the show. I also want to thank the sponsors out there who do put sponsorship on the show. And I also want to thank Spotify and YouTube where you can actually find the podcast. You can actually see that in the show notes below. And then lastly, guys, I want to go ahead and thank the house for the podcast today. That is going to be the podcast place. This is the number one place you want to come if you are in the Los Angeles area to come on in here and record your content and have it look this wonderful like this. Shout out to Solomon on the ones and twos, guys. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the content, starting with the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that first and foremost, we have got the best football teams in all the land in both the NFC and the AFC. I think that a lot of people were thinking that this would probably happen, uh, although there was a time when Kansas City looked absolutely terrible and we were wondering. In fact, when I think about it, Kansas City was kind of like uh, – the kids that woke up late for school and then they decided to come to school and actually became uh, a students in the school. So that's really what their season, I think, has been about. The 49ers have been, uh, I think, head and shoulders above the NFC. They did have a little bit of a hiccup there uh, in between some games after having a hot, hot start there. So much was put on Brock Purdy. You know, a lot of people in the San Francisco um, kind of faithful feel like if Brock Purdy were there last year, they felt like they were going to be in the Super Bowl and they felt like rightfully it was going to be their Super Bowl to win last season. And so we're going to actually see how good Brock Purdy is. We're going to see how good Patrick Mahomes and the Magic is. So just to start off with a little bit of statistics, guys, before I actually break into the three points that are going to be critical for this game, along with the X factors. Let's just go ahead and lay out the land with how good these teams have both been historically. Starting with the 49ers, they have eight Super Bowl appearances. That's right, eight times they have been to the big dance. If you remember, they have had John Teller, they've had Jerry Rice, they've had Joe Montana, Roger Craig, and so many others actually who have played in the Super Bowl and made legends of themselves. Where you have the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, historically, they were one of the ones to play in the first Super Bowl. Obviously, I think a lot of people now, I feel like I'm dating myself, they know who Patrick Mahomes is, but don't really know uh, where the Chiefs have come from. But they have historically been a very good franchise in the NFL. They are now making their sixth appearance. And if you remember, they were in last season's playoff, or it's not playoff, excuse me, Super Bowl, and they actually beat the Philadelphia Eagles in a very good game. Many people feel like if Jalen Hurts had not fumbled the football Perhaps we would be talking about the Eagles here. But needless to say, both teams have been here before. So I think you can kind of throw all that out the window. Next up, we're looking at the Chiefs and we are looking at Mahomes, who essentially is 3-0 versus the 49ers. He essentially has had pretty much everybody's number in the NFL. And that is one thing that I think makes Patrick Mahomes so special because even though he does not 
necessarily allude to this thing, but it is some type of aura about him and having that record. Remember, I talked about this a couple weeks ago and how he had the Buffalo Bills number. And a lot of people were going, no, no, the Bills are ready. They're going to do it. I'm like, their season is absolutely going to end because when Mahomes comes to your land and he owns you, he absolutely owns you. So that's one thing I would look for with this game coming up. He essentially owns the 49ers right now, including beating them in the Super Bowl when Jimmy Garoppolo was the starting quarterback, 31-20. to 20. So he's been there before against the 49ers and Coach Shanahan. Next up, the 49ers here are coming in third in scoring. That is 30-plus games, which is third most in the league. They had 34 points last week against the Detroit Lions, and when you look at the Detroit Lions, obviously they're a revamped roster defensively. They had that mean, nasty attitude that Dan Campbell, who I think should have been the coach of the year. Uh, at some point, we'll talk about that. But, you know, the fact that they were able to put up 34 points and come back in that game last week is pretty impressive. And the fact that they have been putting up points as of late is going to be an important statistic here because you're going to need to score points against the Kansas City Chiefs. It has always been like this historically. Um, next up here, one thing that we want to talk about is the Chiefs defense. They are second right now as far as points allowed, giving up only 17.3 a game. And here's an interesting statistic for you guys. They are actually seven and eight when they hold teams under 21 points here. So over the last eight games, they've been absolutely hot. Um, they held Lamar Jackson in a hot offense down to just a couple points, intercepted him. A very good defensive game. Uh, these are one of the things that I had been talking about really throughout their run is the fact that they match up with the Denver Broncos, who in fact match up with the Chiefs statistically here because the last time you had a top two defense and you had a top 14 offense like this, it was the Denver Broncos who eventually won the Super Bowl. This is why I think Kansas City has some luck on their side. Um, next up here, the 49ers are eighth in rushing attempts and they are 32nd uh, in passing attempts here. And so... The Ravens were slightly better in those departments. Uh, they were obviously leading the league in rushing, and they had a lot better as far as the passing attempts were going into this thing. So that's one thing that I kind of think leans towards the Chiefs in their favor right now is the fact that they faced probably, I would say, a more potent offense last week. Uh, not to take away anything from the 49ers and what they're going to do. Obviously, I think that they do a lot of window dressing. They're going to do a lot of movement. Uh, they have Debo Samuels out there, Brandon Ayuk, who we are going to talk about, along with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but the fact that Kansas City has beat a dynamic team like the Ravens, who pretty much, I think, can gut a team uh, either via the run or the pass. They even actually gutted the 49ers earlier in the season. Uh, I think that that really bodes well here. So that kind of leads me now into our points here. And let me start off with the three points that I think are going to be key here for the Super Bowl and what you're going to look for. The first thing you want to look for is Christian McCaffrey here, CMC versus the Kansas City defense. There is not a more important player in this particular game than Christian McCaffrey here. Let me throw this stat out for you. Every time he goes plus 70, that means rushes for 70 or more, the 49ers are 12 and one, and that is including the playoffs here. So this is going to be a tall order for any defense, especially the Kansas City Chiefs here. I talked about how they are second um, amongst ranks here. And so that is the first thing. They have got to stop Christian McCaffrey. He has gone for 14.59 and 14 touchdowns this season. Um, just talked about anytime he goes over the 70 here. And the Chiefs 
hold running backs under 110 yards. They are actually 7-0. and oh. So this is a huge statistic. And so the 49ers are obviously going to need to lean into Christian McCaffrey. I just talked about how they are 32nd in passing attempts. Uh, even though you see Purdy, Mr. Statistic, I'm going to talk about him. They do go down the field with him, but for the most part, everything is predicated with the run. If you can stop Christian McCaffrey, I think this is another key for the Kansas City Chiefs and why I think that they're going to be the favorite here. I think that they have a real chance here in stopping Christian McCaffrey. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, even if Christian McCaffrey goes over the 70, that last statistic that I gave you, if he stops under 110, I think Kansas City's still going to win this game. So even with the 70, I feel like Kansas City's defense has been that elite that they're still going to be able to overcome the CMC effect. The next point that we have coming up here, and that's going to be, um, we have, it is Mahomes, or excuse me, it's going to be Purdy. I'm sorry, Brock Purdy versus the Kansas City defense. Sorry about that, guys. So this is going to be interesting because Brock Purdy is the first quarterback who is undrafted, um, or actually Mr. Irrelevant, excuse me, that is actually starting in a Super Bowl. Very huge here. And starting with Brock Purdy, I've talked about this from week to week. My biggest concern with Brock Purdy is that at some point, as the playoffs get deeper and teams get better, you're going to have to be able to clearly beat people with your arm. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Now, I know he's not Joe Montana. I know he's not Steve Young. I know he's not Tom Brady. But I think that in this particular game, there's going to be a moment in time where Purdy is going to have to be that guy. All right. I think that that's what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo and those guys when they faced Kansas City the first time in the Super Bowl. They weren't able to match that elite quarterback play. Purdy, at some point, is going to have to beat Kansas City with his arm. All right. And so when you look at Sneed, all right, he's one of their better cornerbacks, the Chiefs here. He is actually fifth amongst corners in all the NFL. He has had an elite defensive season. He is probably going to be matched up with Brandon Ayuk for the most part which is going to be one of Brock Purdy's uh, main targets, along with George Kittle, who has got over 1,000 yards. And actually, it's strange to say this, but he's been better than Travis Kelsey statistically this season. Um, but that matchup is going to be critical. Can Purdy go down the field? Can he continue to keep the drive alive, especially if Christian McCaffrey gets off to a slow start? Going back to last week, the one thing that the Detroit Lions did is they stopped Christian McCaffrey for about three quarters. They just kind of fell apart there. I don't think that that, that is necessarily going to happen with Kansas City because they're more experienced. Now when you have teams that are that experienced, you're going to have to be a star. And that's what happens in the Super Bowl. You're going to have to be a star. You're going to have to be a star quarterback. And so not to take anything away from Purdy, just to give you a little bit statistically of what he's going through. 31 touchdowns, 11 INTs. He had a 113-point rate. Um, this guy's been absolutely stellar here. And the Chiefs defense, they only give up an 86.6 rating and only six yards per attempt. So that's why I said that this is going to be quite interesting. And the one thing that I will say is that Steve Spagnolia, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, loves to blitz at a high rate. That's very critical because Brock Purdy was actually number one against the blitz, guys. This guy has at least 15 touchdowns against the Blitz and two INTs. He is absolutely stellar against the Blitz. He is going to be blitzed early and often tomorrow. And 
he's going to have to make those plays. Um, if he doesn't make those plays or he gives Kansas City uh, – you know, turnovers and things like that, you can forget it if you're a 49ers fan. Because Kansas City really doesn't turn the football over. You see what happens when they do turn the football over. Look at what they did um, last week with Lamar Jackson and turning the football over. Look at how that game really just turned momentum-wise. Look at what they were able to generate against the Bills. Even though they didn't get turnovers, they were able to get those timely stops. And this is an offense that has the same schedule. So, Brock Purdy is going to be absolutely critical with his arm strength and beating this defense going forward. And lastly, I will say this too with the Chiefs and talking about that front line. The Chiefs are actually second in bags, which means sacks. So that means that they get to the quarterback at an elite, elite level. And then lastly, you're looking at Chris Jones. He has got 10.5 sacks worth every penny for Kansas City. I think that Brock Purdy and him are going to be very familiar. And then you look at the front line of the 49ers. I believe they are top six as far as uh, not allowing sacks. So that's going to be interesting. I think that the defense slightly on the front line is a little bit better than their offensive line. I know you have Trent Williams and those guys out there, but uh, that's going to be critical. So I think that that is point number two in the matchup that you should look for in this particular contest. Next, we will go to the third particular point in this game. It's going to be Mahomes and Kelsey. And my co-host, who is actually out here, uh, Devontae, the real Hogan, who's not with us today, uh, I was texting him actually throughout the uh, Ravens and Chiefs game uh, two weeks ago. And I told him the one thing that was really interesting to me was that Patrick Mahomes had that look in his eye. And it's something about Patrick Mahomes. It was that look that he's had when Eric Bieniemy has been there. It was that look that he had during the Super Bowl run. And I'm throwing out a Rocky uh, slogan out here. Shout out to Carl Withers, who passed away there. But he had the eye of the tiger. And that's really what I'm seeing right now with this offense. They have had the eye of the tiger. They have really been slow to get to the dance or the school. Remember, I said they were late to get to the school but they are quite alert. They're in the front of the class and they are acing every test thus far. And I think this is a huge uh, step up for them. I expect for Patrick Mahomes to be at his best. I expect for Travis Kelsey to be at his best. I would say probably the wild cards are going to be Rasheed Rice, the rookie who's coming in here with 900 yards. And then also too, it's going to be um, uh, Valdez Scantlin. Uh, you know, just when you thought he couldn't drop another pass, he's totally redeemed himself with four big catches over the last couple playoff games and huge catches that have really kept the Chiefs alive. And so some of the statistics for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and really how good uh, I think he's been thus far, you know, he's the number one quarterback as far as scrambles are concerned so every time he gets out of the pocket he's generally able to get to a first down so that means that you have to account for his legs uh that's number one number two he has been at about a hundred plus rating over the last couple games uh even though he has had 14 interceptions in the season he hasn't had any in the postseason and he is throwing the football at an elite level again so he's really dicing defenses up it doesn't matter how you want to come at him uh, you look at the Bills scheme, you look at the Ravens schemes, like those are super aggressive teams. And to be honest with you, the Ravens kind of mimic a little bit of what the 49ers are going to play. They're going to come at you with Fred Warner and those guys like that. They have elite linebacker play. Uh, Charvaeus Ward and those guys like that are going to be tested down the field. Um, and I just think that really, to be honest with you, 
My odds on favor is I like the Kansas City Chiefs in this particular matchup just because they've been so hot. Kelsey, 70-plus yards in his last couple games. He's got three touchdowns in his last two games, uh, including last week he had 11 targets, 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Yes, Travis Swift is for real. So <laughs> that's going to be a tough one, I think, for the 49ers, and I think this is another uh, potential matchup that I think a lot of people are going to want to look for in Sunday's game. Lastly, let's look at the X factors uh, in this particular game. And let's start with Isaiah Pacheco. I think that Isaiah Pacheco, in my opinion, is the NFL's tar or Tasmanian devil. If you've ever watched that uh, cartoon, this is what this guy is. He really runs with a lot of force, meanness, and I think that <clears throat> excuse me, his ability to run the football and really keep the Chiefs on schedule, <coughs> excuse me, guys, and really keep the Chiefs on schedule has been a critical aspect for Mahomes. I think it's basically put them in a situation where they have not had to uh, rely on the pass as much. And because they've had this balance, I think it's really hurt some teams. You know, when you look at last week, their physicality on the front line is what really beat the Ravens into a submission, like just straight up, just right at them. You know, it wasn't just the fact that Mahomes was making plays with his feet and his arm, but the fact that he was able to hand it over uh, to Isaiah Pacheco and he was able to basically wear on Patrick McQueen and these guys like that, that's going to be huge. I mean, because you're going to look at the San Francisco 49ers and this defense, I want to put this out there. They gave up 182 yards to the Lions and three touchdowns total between two backs. This has been an extremely, extremely leaky defense. And at this point in time, they got gassed by the Packers. They got gassed by the Lions. And I'm not sure that they're going to be able to call the plumbers for Sunday to go ahead and plug up the leak. I just think that Isaiah Pacheco is absolutely going to have some opportunities in the running game. So Jerry McKinnon is another guy that I think is going to be an absolute X factor. And I've told you guys before about guys coming in questionable. Um, I talked a little bit about the tight ends, Mark Andrews, who was questionable last week. I think that Jerick McKinnon is one of those guys that's going to be our X factor from a questionable standpoint. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, haven't really read a whole bunch of the reports here as to see where he's at. But I will say that if he does play, he's going to be huge for the Chiefs. I think that he's a guy that Patrick Mahomes trusts, and he's also a guy that is going to be able to win from the running back position, and he's going to put a lot of pressure onto Fred Warner and those guys like that. What this means is that they're not going to be able to run a lot of QB spies, okay? Because Jarek McKinnon's going to be in some of those packages, these X packages and things like that. He's going to be running some of those fly patterns. He's going to be going across the middle uh, in front of Fred Warner's, these guys' chests like that. And I think he's really going to be a guy that Patrick Mahomes can lean on, especially if they decide to double Kelsey or if Rice's inexperienced, the rookie, is not able to make plays early. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of jitters and things like that, but there's a real chance that Jarek McKinnon in his veteran leadership is going to be an X factor here. So look for Jarek McKinnon to really be huge here. Next up, I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is an X factor for the San Francisco 49ers. I know we talk a little bit about Debo Samuels, but I feel like Brandon Ayuk, in my opinion, is the guy now. I think it's time that we actually start to give him pub. Uh, look at what he was able to do last week, uh, the incredible play that he had. He's the, I think he was second all 
NFL or pro bowler, not pro bowler, but second in the NFL selection, whatever that team looks like. Um, and he essentially has been a guy that has evolved, not only from a guy that has deep threat ability, but he's also been able to do everything on the route tree. So I think he's going to test, obviously, the Chiefs secondary. And I think that this is going to be huge because I talked about Purdy and how he's going to have to win with his arm. It's going to be him and Ayuk to open those things up, okay? It's going to be him, Ayuk, and Jennings. Debo Samuels is just going to be a movable piece, okay? He's kind of almost like a, a running back, so to speak. If you can get something out of the receiving game from Debo Samuels, terrific. But Ayuk is critical here, and I think his big playability, along with attacking the defense at all different phases of the game, is going to be huge. So those really are my X factors thus far in the Super Bowl. So that kind of leads me down to prediction time and kind of how I'm feeling here. So now I talked about Isaiah Pacheco and how he's going to get the 4.6 yards per carry, 935 yards per game. Um, 49ers, I talked about how they gave up the 182 yards per game, 6.3 a carry, three TDs last week. Um, I talked about Patrick Mahomes. I talked about how he's leading the NFL in first down scrambles, right? And how basically lethal he is with his legs. Um, the Chiefs are 10-0 when they've scored 21 points or more, all right? Over the last couple games, the San Francisco 49ers have given up 21 points plus in each of their playoff games, all right? Now, San Francisco is has zero wins, absolutely zero wins, when they don't hold a team under 21 points. The 49ers are fourth in takeaways, all right? So that means that they're very optimistic team all right so they're going to be able to hopefully create turnovers the Chiefs have been pretty clean for the most part and so that leads me down to my prediction um I think that Kansas City is going to win this 24 to 20. I think that they're going to hold the 49ers under 21 points I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to get his yards I think that Christian McCaffrey is not going to go over 100. And I feel like there's going to be a time where Purdy is going to have to make plays. And I don't know if Purdy's going to be able to make those plays. And I think that they're going to have that talk and that narrative around him, which is, is he the ultimate game manager? I haven't seen a quarterback, per se, that could win with the 49ers with his arm since Steve Young. Most have been, I think, a lot of, of game managers, okay? Whether it's been Jeff Garcia, uh, who was there for a little bit under Steve Mariucci. Um, whether it's been Colin Kaepernick, love his game, big arm, but he was more of a game manager. You look at uh, Jim Harbaugh, shout out to him, who's with the Chargers now. I think he's going to do great things. It was more of a, a run-first kind of system, right? A little bit of RPO. Um and then now you, you've had Alex Smith, a guy that you drafted early, a guy that Patrick Mahomes replaced. He was more of a, I think, a lot of a game manager. And I see a lot of that with Brock Purdy. And I'm not sure that that game management is going to really make it. I would say back when the Ravens won their Super Bowl, like Trent Dilfer, those guys like that, that really worked. But now we're in an era where teams have to score points and you can't just necessarily be a game manager. You have to be able to go down the field. And because of that, I think that 
Kansas City is going to have their opportunities. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to make enough plays in the pass game. He's going to frustrate the 49ers uh, in an ugly way because it's going to be one of those situations where the 49ers are going to need a stop, but they're just not going to be able to get enough stops, I think, in this one. And I think that they're going to be chasing points. The 49ers have been chasing points all playoffs. You can't chase points against the Kansas City Chiefs. You just can't do it. Lastly, I'll leave you with this, and I've said this every single week. The Kansas City Chiefs match up with the same ranking as the Broncos who won the Super Bowl. It literally is history repeating itself. They are second in defense. They are 14th in the offense. It ranks exactly like Denver. And when you look at that season, Peyton Manning was replaced by Brock Osworth. Why? The, the, The offense was anemic. The Kansas City Chiefs, their offense wasn't that good. It was anemic. And they found a rhythm in the playoffs. They got um, Peyton Manning back at the end of this run, and he got a chance to play in the Super Bowl against the Panthers. And what took them there? Their elite defense, Von Miller, all those guys like that. You're going to see that. I think that this Super Bowl mimics that. I think you're going to really get a chance to see now for the first time in quite some time in Mahomes' era and also Andy Reid's era this is the best defense that he's had. And I'm counting the Philadelphia Eagle years too as well. I mean, shout out to Brian Dawkins and those guys like that. But Kansas City has been a different breed of animal right now. And so I, because of that, I like them 24 to 20 in this one. And so that is my prediction here. And so now we move on, guys, to the last couple segments of the show. And these are really kind of my rant segments. And we're going to go into the comeback player of the year. And the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award is something I definitely wanted to talk about, guys. I really think that Baker Mayfield, uh, I think he should have won it. I I mean, look, he won the Fox 2023 awards winner, whatever the case may be. I get it. But I think he should have won the NFL Comeback of the Year Award. And just looking at Baker here, here's a guy that played for the Panthers and the Rams last season. Guys, he started for the Rams after two days and won a game, and he also put up 51 points against Green Bay as well, guys. And he came into Tampa Bay, who a lot of people were thinking, is it a rebuild season? They obviously did not believe in Trask out there out of Florida. They bring in Baker Mayfield. They thought it was going to be a one-year rental. All he did was pretty much open it up in the playoffs. He threw for over 300 yards in Every single game, he is just within one game of getting the Buccaneers back to the NFC Championship game. Look at this, guys. 4,000 yards on the year, 28 touchdowns. He had a 94.6 rating compared to Joe Flacco. He only played in 30. I mean, he started in week 13, guys. He had 13 touchdowns. I get it. Over 1,000 yards. uh, You know, 16-16, most in NFL history for a quarterback starting that late. But aside from that, the Cleveland Browns were actually pretty good going into this thing. I mean, they already had Amari Cooper. I know that they didn't have Nick Chubb, but they had an elite defense, and it's not like Stefani has not been there before. I mean, we have got to look at this thing again and say to ourselves, when are we going to stop disrespecting Baker Mayfield? He ha- he showed actually that he has one of the biggest arms in the NFL and his ability to compete. I'm still mad that the Washington Commanders didn't get him coming out of college, and I think a lot of teams would want to have him as a quarterback. Think about where the Rams were, right? 
or not the Rams, excuse me, but where, say, Vegas was, they needed a quarterback. Where the Saints were, right? They needed a quarterback. There's so many teams that would love to have him. Even Atlanta, right? They would love to have had him. And the fact that he was able to do what he was able to do really put Mike Evans into an elite level and to some historic, uh, you know, categories or, or speakings this year as well. I think that Baker Mayfield was absolutely the comeback player of the year. I think he got robbed, guys. You guys are seeing it for yourselves. I think the stats uh, definitely show for itself. Let me know in the comments what you guys think here. I mean, not to take any away from uh, Joe Flacco. I get it. You know, he was probably at AMC watching movies when Cleveland called, and then he came in here and he did his thing. He got into the playoffs, but they lost, man. Like, my man took them into a round where they were almost there at Baker Mayfield. And not only that, he did it for the entire season. And he went through his downfalls, too, as well. I mean, coming off two teams, two guys as well. He got traded to the Panthers, asked for his release, got picked up by the Rams. It didn't even look like he was going to be in the league again. Uh, but for him to revitalize his, 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 basically his career, I think we got to go ahead and say that he was the comeback player of the year. So not to take anything else away from the other candidates out there, but Baker Mayfield, comeback player of the year, man. Come on. So next up, guys, this brings me to one of our last segments of the show. And yes, we're reading this right. Quinn hired as the commander's head coach. Okay. There is so many things wrong with this. All right. First, let me go ahead and say this. This is what I truly think about this. Absolutely toilet flushing. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible. I wish I had Charles Barkley's voice. Terrible hire. Let's look to the left. Starting with this. He's a defensive line coach for the San Francisco 49ers under Steve Mariucci. I get it. All right. Nick Saban brings him in. Defensive line coach there as well. All right. The Jets bring him in. Defensive line coach. Cool. He goes to Florida. Right. Defensive line coach. Then. His defense. Right. Which is attached to the Cowboys. He's so great. It gave up 48 points to Green Bay. All right. That was his last hurrah with like with the Cowboys. 48 points given up in a playoff game. All right. He won nothing with the Cowboys. All right. Every year we talk about how great the Cowboys are, how great the Cowboys are, how great the Cowboys are. Every year they end up getting beat, and every year, guess what? They got scored on too as well. Look, when you look at Dan Quinn and you look at his records, look at this. Out of all the years that he was there with Atlanta, he only had one first-place finish, guys. And in that first-place finish, he made it all the way to the Super Bowl in which they historically collapsed in a 28-3 game that they were leading, and they lost in the Super Bowl. I mean, and then the guy comes out and goes 0-5 a couple of seasons after that? You're telling me that Dan Quinn is the best hire? How is that possible? Even when you have a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who was, shout out to Eric Bieniemy. He was at the Chiefs camp. He was out there uh, ahead of their game with the Baltimore Ravens here. A minority coach who I feel like absolutely continues to get passed on. And the fact that there's this narrative about him of coaching too hard, you're kidding, right? Look, guys, I put Ron Revere up there with his arms crossed because what was Ron Revere? He was a defensive coach. He was absolutely a defensive coach. So what makes you think that Dan Quinn, who historically is a defensive coach, is going to come in and he's got the magic offensive formula? What are we thinking? Look, 
Points are at a premium in the NFL. I just talked about that for the Super Bowl. You have to be able to score points. Hello? Look, Dan Quinn, I mean, look, he's probably going to blow it in the draft here. I mean, there is talk that he is going to go out here and he is probably going to trade basically the entire Washington town, basically, to go up here and get Caleb Williams. In what ways does he think that Caleb Williams is going to be that guy? Caleb Williams is not going to be Mahomes. He's not going to solve the fact that you do not know what you're doing as an offensive coach. And it's not going to solve the fact that you're not going to go up to your offensive coordinator and say, run the football. He didn't run the football when he was with Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons when they should have and should have salted away against the Patriots. He couldn't even do that. So what makes me think that he's going to be able to do that? And with the dissension that there is with the commanders, I'm not sure that Dan Quinn is that guy for this. It's not like he has Arthur Blank right there near him. I get that they have a new ownership in Washington, but it is very unproven. Arthur Blank had been to the Super Bowl before, right? He knows how to build winners. This is very much like a startup here. I'm not sure that Dan Quinn is built for that. So the bottom line is I'm saying this is a terrible hire. And it's one of those things where I feel like, look, we should put that recyclement out here because I'm sick and tired of seeing coaches recycled pretty much season after season after season after season when the guy has had one Super Bowl appearance. And, and let me leave this lastly, too. I don't have BNME stats up here. And if you go to the channel, you can go check out the shorts where I talk about Eric BNME and how good he is. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily the best coach here, but Eric BNME has won Super Bowls. Dan Quinn has got, what, a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator with Seattle, and then the next one he left the next day when they lost by one, ironically, uh, to the, or actually they got drummed by the Patriots there. So anyhow, this is a terrible hire. I'm sorry to the Washington faithful, to the Commander fans out there. This is going to be another awful season here. Yes, we're probably getting ready to get rid of Sam Howell. Yes, we're getting ready to do historical uh, something historical in the draft. We're going to give up a whole bunch of draft capital for a guy that is unproven uh, in the draft. And so, yeah, it looks like, again, Washington is on the wrong track here. So, you know, with that being said, guys, uh, that is today's show, really. We were just talking about the Super Bowl here. We talked a little bit about my rant with the Comeback Player of the Year. We talked about this horrible, horrible hiring of uh, Dan Quinn. And then also, too, before I jump out of here, I want to give a shout-out to the late, great Kobe Bryant, guys. Uh, he actually has his statue up um, in front of Staples Center. So if you've ever – or crypto, excuse me, crypto arena now um, – it's what it used to be when I used to be there uh, was Staples Center. But um, look, guys, I've had a chance to actually see Kobe Bryant play in person. And uh, I never will forget story here. So I had gotten tickets from uh, one of my teammates who I ran track and field with. And we were about three rows back um, away from the bench. So we're sitting across from the Lakers. And that time, Kobe Bryant had a broken nose. He's wearing a face mask. And they're playing the Utah Jazz. And he had had a tough night. I mean, he, he wasn't really making anything. Um, you could tell he was in some pain. And he also could tell that he was sick. Like his, his face was red. And he looked like he was, he was sick. And man, I've never seen a guy compete so hard. And I've never, like, I never got a chance to see Michael Jordan in person. And I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. But I could imagine this is probably what it was like to watch MJ, right? This guy 
took the Lakers all the way back and got them within a point of winning the game, took the last shot, and missed. And um, I just never will forget, man, his ability to compete. Um, I never will also, too, forget the epic finals that he had against the Boston Celtics, one of the last times he won a chip. Um, just being out here and um, actually kind of working in the building with the, the Clippers at the time, man, it's just like, dude, he, his his ability to to really just lead and his his mindset, man. And if you've ever read the book, The Mama Mentality, I, I'd advise you to go out there and really get that. It's a great read. But, you know, his ability to go out there and just mentally affect the game, man, it, it his mannerisms, the way he carried himself, the way he competed – I mean, it literally reminds me a lot of Jordan and, and not to put him like he's that guy because he's obviously Kobe Bryant. You're looking at the statue. Shout out to Solomon putting this up here. Uh, this was epic, guys, because in this particular game, he scored 81 against the Rafters, uh, against one of my uh, one of my favorite players, man, Jalen Rose, the guy that used to be on ESPN. But um Man, this right here, and it's funny too, when you look at this game, guys, they were actually kind of down in this game <laughs> and they needed him to score. And the one thing that Phil Jackson talks about the story behind this is that the Rafters were playing like a little bit of like a 2-3 defense um, and they were trying not to get Kobe in one-on-one matchups and things like that. And Kobe was that good that he was able to exploit a zone defense and go for 81 and carry the Lakers to a win at this point in time. And so... Um, never will forget, man, him being an eight. Um, I remember when he was first drafted, a lot of people don't remember a guy named Eddie Jones. He used to play behind him. Um, so I remember those days in the form. I remember his coach, Dell Harris at the time, um, you know, Sedell Threat, and those guys like that, uh, Nick Van Exel and the guys that he initially had to play with. And I remember also too, Kobe Bryant, he had <laughs> his video game was uh courtside. Uh, with Kobe Bryant. He was on N64 as well, man. And I never will forget the epic pose where he's going up for a dunk and he's got his feet cradled under him and he's doing this. It's one of the best poses I've ever seen um, in a game, man. I remember when he won the dunk contest as well. Uh, I, I was there to witness that. So, look, man, just a shout-out, man, to a legend, man, the greatness, guys. Um, I certainly am going to buy some tickets just to go out there and check them out here. Um, I know that the Spurs are coming to town here later this month, but I certainly am going to definitely check out the statue, man, and go see one of the greats and uh, pay homage out there. So definitely, you know, the sports fans out there, man, make sure you pick up that book um, and make sure you read about this guy, man, because I think he has a lot of notes, man, that not only translate in sports, man, but also uh, in life, man. So I definitely want to go ahead and give a shout out uh, to the mama, man, one of the greats, man, to ever do it. So with that being said, I just want to thank uh, everybody out there who actually took a chance to uh, look at the show. I definitely appreciate you guys subscribing, coming up to me and everything like that that really helps drive content to the show and storylines. Um, we definitely wouldn't be here without that. I want to go ahead and uh, thank people out there who put sponsorship on the show, man. We definitely appreciate that for sure. I want to definitely thank the houses for the podcast, uh, whether it be Spotify, where you can find that. That's in the show notes below. Or you can find us at YouTube. Make sure that you go ahead and smash that subscribe button and go ahead and hit that bell so you know when the videos are coming out, guys. Um, I promise you that we will have a lot more NBA content here, especially now that the NBA season is wrapped up. So a lot more faster content. You will see that. You'll hear my voice on that. Um, and we got some exciting seasons coming up, man. We're, we're running into the back half of the NHL season. 
We got the MLB season coming up here on the rise too as well. So always a lot of sports to talk about, man. I'm always going to have some more guests and things like that. Um, and then, you know, lastly, guys, I want to go ahead and thank the podcast place and, uh, you know, Solomon back here on the ones and twos, man, to help us produce this, guys, and what you see. If you're a content creator and you have dreams and aspirations of going ahead and going out there and putting your podcast or content out here, you want to go ahead and check out the podcast place. I think it is one of the best places where you can actually go ahead and be your creative self. And so with that being said, guys, this is Rico. This is Real Talk Sports. Guys, I'm going to see you on the next show. Be safe in your Super Bowl weekend. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I've only missed on one game, guys. I missed because I picked the Lions winning. I got the Chiefs, 24-20. You never know. As Chris Berman would say, that's why they play the game. Rico, Real Talk Sports. I'll see you on the next one. Peace.